Thank you for listening to the Celebration Church podcast. For more information about Celebration Church, go to ccacron.org. There you will find information about our church, upcoming events, and how to make a contribution to the ministry of Celebration Church. We hope this message is an encouragement to you. First Timothy, if you have your Bibles, First Timothy chapter 6. We're going to continue our overflow series today, continue on in overflow. Last week, we took a look, look at the overflow of God and our resources, Proverbs 3, 9, and 10. Honor the Lord with your possessions and the first fruit of your increase so that your barns will what? Be filled. Be filled. Can we put that up on the screens? Proverbs 3, 9, and 10. Honor the Lord with your possessions and the first fruits of your increase, that your barns will be filled. Everybody say filled. Be filled with plenty. And your vats will overflow with new wine. Some of you need to go memorize the scripture because not always will the meat. You know, you're not going to have media people following following you around in life, always able to, oh, here's the verse you need. You get the word in you. And then it'll help, it'll help. So that your barns will be filled with plenty, and what? Your vats will overflow with new wine. The Lord wants you bursting forth, overflowing, breakthrough in your life. Amen. The Lord wants you overflowing in every aspect. So today we're going to take a look at Christ as the seed of our spiritual life. Christ is the seed of our spiritual life. We are blessed. Everybody say blessed. I am blessed. Just say that with me. I am blessed. Hallelujah. I am blessed. I'm going to take a look at the blessing of the Lord today. Amen. 1 Timothy chapter 6. Verse 11 is where we'll begin. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 11 says, But you, O man of God, Paul's writing to Timothy. He's closing out his letter to Timothy. And he says, You, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I urge you in the sight of God who gives life to all things and before Christ Jesus who witnessed the good confession before Pontius Pilate that you keep his commandment without spot, blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ appearing, which he will manifest in his own time, he who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I like that word, the only potentate. Say that with me, potentate. That's a good word. The only, that's a good New King James Version word. The only potentate, the sovereign King of kings and the Lord of lords. Verse 16, who alone has immortality dwelling in unapproachable light, whom no man has seen or can see, to whom be honor and everlasting power. Amen, amen. I love this passage of scripture. Paul is closing out his letter to Timothy, and he reminds him here in this scripture of a couple things, and we're just going to dive on in this morning. But the first thing that Paul reminds him of is his 
of his need to be faithful to the end, to be faithful regardless of his circumstance. He says to Timothy, fight the good fight of faith, flee evil, keep fighting, be faithful until the end. And then Paul puts Timothy in remembrance of a couple things. He says, don't only fight and be faithful, but remember this. Remember Christ's confession before Pilate. Remember what Jesus said before Pilate in the time of his suffering, at the time of his death. Remember back. Maybe this morning you can just remember back with me. Think back. Just turn through the pages of history with me this morning. And think back to Jesus before Pontius Pilate. And he said this in John 18, 37. You say rightly that I am king. It is for this cause I was born. And for this cause I have come into the world. That I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone say this cause. It was for this cause. It reminds me, if you just turn back with me, if it reminds me of of a young boy named David when he went out to face Goliath. He was standing there hearing all that was being said, all the insults that were coming against the Israelites. And David speaks up, this little boy, this little shepherd boy speaks up and says what? Is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? You've come to me with your spear and your sword, but I've come to you in the name of the Lord. Is there not a cause? And Jesus, Jesus, fast forward time, standing before the earthly giant, Pontius Pilate, staring sin, the giant of sin, says, this cause for this cause was I born this cause this is the reason why I have come I have come to defeat the power of sin through me the power of sin will be broken through me the power of death hell and the grave will be defeated it is this cause I have come is anybody hearing me this morning this this is good news for this cause I have come into the world this cause Think back, Timothy. Think back to Jesus. Paul's telling Timothy, think back to Jesus. Think back to the confession that he made. For this cause I've come. And then he puts him into remembrance of Christ's coming. Today we're going to celebrate communion together. We're reminded of Christ, his confession. And we're reminded, we're reminded of his coming. Paul said we celebrate This together to celebrate the Lord until he comes. We're celebrating his coming. This is what Paul told Timothy in verse 14. He says, keep this commandment without spot, blameless, until our Lord Jesus Christ appearing. So Paul Paul puts Timothy into remembrance here. He says, remember Christ's confession. And he says, remember that he's coming. Don't give up. Timothy, when you're facing life's difficulties, when you're facing the challenge of of stubborn, stiff-necked church people, don't get discouraged. When you're facing religious devils, don't be discouraged. When you're facing persecution from Nero and you're, you're facing the, the emperors and the rulers of, of the earthly age, don't be discouraged by the situation and the circumstances. Remember Christ and his confession. For this cause I have come. And remember that Christ said he's coming back. Yes. 
Amen. That's just the introduction. That's just the, that's just the foretaste of what Paul was writing. I want to zero in here on a particular phrase, though, that, that Paul used with Timothy. We find it in verse 15. It says, which he will manifest in his own time. Talking about the coming of Christ. He who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I, I want to zero in today on this verse. Uh, why, don't, why don't we read this together? It's on the screen. Let's read it together. Which he will manifest in his own time. He who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Hallelujah. There are three, there are three attributes, if you will, that Paul indicates here regarding God. He says that he is, first off, the potentate. He is the sovereign king. He is the supreme power. He has absolute dominion over all things. He's talking about your God today. Do you hear what I'm saying? He is the sovereign God, ruling all things by the word of his power today. He's ruling over every detail of your life. He's ruling over every circumstance of your life. There is not one thing that God is not in control of today. Day. He was saying, Paul was writing to Timothy saying, he came as a baby. He came and he humbled himself as a child, but he is coming back as the glorious King of kings and the Lord of lords. Every eye will see him and every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is the Lord of lords. So Timothy, don't be discouraged by what you see. Timothy, don't get sidetracked. He is the only potentate. He is the only sovereign king. And then he uses this word blessed. Everybody say blessed. blessed. That word blessed means that he is happy. He's joyful. He's the happy God. He's a happy God. All three of you believe that. <laughs> Praise the Lord. He is a happy God. He's a joyful God. I, I pray today that the happiness of God will get all over you before you leave today. Some of you look like you need it. Uh, the happiness. The happiness of God. He's a joyful God. If you don't believe me, the Greek word for blessed here is the word makarios. It means to be extremely happy. It means to be fortunate. It means to be extremely happy. Paul was writing to Timothy saying, our extremely happy God, our blessed, our extremely happy God and fortunate God is ruling over all things. Isn't it good to know we don't have a depressed God ruling over all things? <laughs> isn't, it good to, isn't it good to know that your neighbor sitting by you today is not ruling over all things? <laughs> Our God is a happy God. He's joyful in what He does. He's the only blessed potentate. He is the only blessed sovereign. There is no one else like him. There is no comparison to him. He is above all others. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. All earthly kingdoms fail in comparison to him. There are none that can compare to Christ today. 
There is none like him. And he is under no obligation or necessity to create or to act. There is no one that has obliged our God to act or to create or to do anything. It is according to his own good pleasure. He rules and reigns over all things according to his own pleasure. Ephesians 1.9 says, We have redemption according to what? His good pleasure. According to his own purposes. God is a happy God. He's not obliged. He gives. He lavishly gives of his presence. Lavishly gives of redemption. Lavishly has given us his son because he is a joyful God. And it is his delight to do so. He is under no obligation, no control, no influence from outside kingdoms or rulers or authority. There are no political agendas with our God. He is absolutely sovereign, ruling all things of your life, all details of your life. He is the only God, the sovereign king, ruler of all things. This This is what Timothy was writing about. Our happy God is ruling and reigning today. Our happy God is ruling. I want you to say with me, I am blessed. Are you blessed? Do you have the happiness of God flowing into your life today? Do you have the joy, the extreme happiness of the Lord flowing in your life today? Yeah, blessing is more than finances. We, you know, we, we talk about finances all the time. I'm blessed. I'm highly favored. Hallelujah. What does that mean? I'm happy. I'm happy. No matter what's going on in life, I'm blessed. I'm happy. The joy of the Lord is flowing in my life. The blessing of the Lord. Are you happy today? Slap your neighbor and say, are you happy today? Are you happy in the Lord today? If they're, if they're not, tell them they're going to be. If they're not happy, tell them their time's coming. If they're not happy, it's their day. The joy of the Lord. He's a God of overflow. I said he's a God of overflow. I said he's a God of overflow. He's overflowing with joy right now. He's overflowing with happiness right now. If you're depressed, he's overflowing. There is a river that's flowing right now from the throne of God. It is the river of his pleasures, the river of his delight. It's flowing. Yeah, he's flowing today. That river, that river of joy is going to flow over you today. I want to look at the happiness of God. Let's take a look at the happiness of God together. God is perfectly happy in himself. God is perfectly happy in himself. Now, if we take a look at at happiness in this life, you know, if you were to say to me, Pastor, I want to go buy you a new car. Let's go out to the dealership. I'm going to go buy you a new car. I'd be, hallelujah. I feel feel the happiness of the Lord, right? We have an ability. Objective. There's an object. There's something that I'm placing my joy in. There's something I'm focusing my joy in, and I have an understanding. It's objective and subjective. I have an understanding that that, that car is going to drive me. It's going to be comfortable. I hope you're buying me like a BMW or something nice. <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to be nice, right? And I'm going to be happy. You know, if you were to say to me, Pastor, I want to go buy you a new sewing machine, 
Now, some of you here might get happy about that. <laughs> Greta is going to be thrilled about that. I, I felt that. Woo, the joy of the Lord just hit her. I felt that. <laughs> hit me all the way up here. <laughs> to me, I'm not going to be happy about that. I'm not, that's, you know, I'm just going to be, whatever. What am I going to use the sewing machine for? <laughs> I don't know how to do that. Yeah, right? And she's going to be happy about it. Joy. You know, in our, in our natural selves, we find joy. We, we place our joy in a particular object, and we have an understanding of how that object is going to be, be a blessing to us of some sort. God is perfectly happy in himself, meaning that he doesn't uh, place the focus, the object of his joy is himself. The object of his joy is himself, and he understands with full understanding who he is. He understands I am holy. Out of me flows holiness and perfect righteousness. Out of me flows redemption to mankind. I am the source of life for, for all man. If they'll turn to me, I am happiness. I am joy. I am the light of men. Yeah, he understands that. And out of that understanding of who he is, out of understanding that he is the object of his joy comes perfect, perfect happiness. If God were to place his, his joy, his delight in anything but himself, one, he would be breaking the first commandment. Exodus 20, have no other gods before me. He's not going to break his commandment. He's fulfilling his commandment. What did Jesus say was the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Number one commandment, all of the law of the prophets hang on this. God's not breaking his commandment. He is honoring himself. And out of that, that perfect harmony, that perfect union, comes perfect happiness. Yeah. Out of that, that perfect understanding comes happiness. Perfect happiness. God's greatest joy is this delight of understanding who he is. And we find our happiness, our delight in God as he finds his happiness and delight in himself. Secondly, God is infinitely and eternally happy. God is infinitely and eternally happy. There was no beginning to his joy. His joy always has been and there will be no ending to his joy. It always has been, always will be. God is happy without limitation. You and I experience happiness with ebbs and flows. and It's based on situation, circumstance. But the happiness of God is unending. There are, there are seasons in this life, times and, and, and days and moments where we experience this, this tangible joy, this tangible happiness of the Lord. We experience this happiness of God in our lives. But it's only at times just for a season. It's just for a moment. It's, it's for, a, for hours or, or maybe a couple days or, or whatever the time frame is. But there's coming a day, friend. There's coming a day where we, you and I, will step into heaven. And that fullness, fullness, that infinite, that infinitely perfect, unending love and joy will overtake us. And we'll experience this happiness of God for all eternity. We'll experience this happiness, this perfect happiness with unadulterated, unending, un, uh, un, uh, unmeasured joy in our life. Yeah. Hallelujah. 
A finite happiness cannot be absolutely perfect because the limitation means it has an imperfection. God's joy is comparable to his capacity, and his capacity for joy is infinite. It's unending. It's eternal. 1 Kings 8.27 says, But will God indeed dwell on earth? Behold, heaven and the highest heaven cannot contain you. How much less this house which I have built. He is far above the heavens. His expanse is eternal. Who he is is eternal. You cannot contain him. Psalms 113 says, The Lord is high above all nations. His glory above the heavens. Who, who is like the Lord our God and who dwells on high? He is an inexhaustible river of delight. He is an inexhaustible river of joy. He is an inexhaustible river that is flowing for you and I today. Why don't you just lift your hands with me? Hallelujah. This is, this is more than just good information. This is, this is reality. That our God is a happy God. Our God is a joyful God. His happiness is perfect. His happiness, His joy is eternal. It's infinite. It's unending. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we need your joy. We need more of your joy. We need your happiness in our lives, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 11.31 says, The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is blessed. Who is blessed. Say that, who is blessed. blessed. He's He's happy. He's happy for two minutes. He was happy. He was happy. He'll be happy in heaven. What does it say? What does it say? What does it say? Forever. Forever. Our God is infinitely happy. Infinitely happy. Infinitely joyful. Delighting in himself. Infinite, 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 unending, unending, happy, infinitely, 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 forever. Our God's happiness is perfect. Our God's happiness is infinite, forever. Infinite God, infinite happy, and it's unchangeable. His love is unchanging. Your sin does not change his joy. Your mistakes cannot diminish his delight. Successes, your your successes cannot enhance his happiness. 
He is eternally and forever perfectly happy in himself. Let me say that again. Your sin does not change his joy. Your mistakes cannot diminish his delight. Your successes cannot enhance his happiness. He is eternally and forever perfectly happy in himself. I blew it, Pastor. He's still happy. You don't know what I'm going through. He's still happy. Nations are rising against nations. He's still happy. The joy of the Lord is still perfect. It's still infinite. It's still forever. It does not have ebbs and flows. It does not diminish or decrease. It does not increase. It is always at its height. It is always at its perfect amount. It cannot be changed. You cannot place a demand on his love that causes it to decrease. You cannot place a demand on his joy. Oh, we had a really happy service. The joy of the Lord was strong in the house. So God's, God's joy tank must be somewhere around half full. He's got to refill. He's got to get all the angels around him and sing songs to him and then he'll refill. Forever unchanging. Perfectly forever unchanging. James 1.17 says, Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is what? Where there's what? No variation. No shadow. No shifting. No change. He's constant. No matter what's happening in your life, he's constant. No matter what's going on in circumstance, he's constant. That means that no matter what you and I face, no matter what you and I go through, no matter what's happening in this life, we can tap into a perfectly, infinitely unchanging joy that will sustain us no matter what we're going through. Somebody needs to shout. That, somebody needs to get happy about that. No matter what's happening. No matter what's happening, I can tap in. I can plug in. The question is, are you willing to tap in? Are you willing to plug in? you got to bring your electrical socket and plug into the power. If you're not doing, you know, great place to do that is in your personal devotion time, your personal prayer time. Are you plugging in? Well, you don't know what chaos is happening in my house. Get your phone out and plug in. Put on the worship. Get the word of God out. Read. Pray in tongues. Plug in. The joy of the Lord. There is a river that's flowing, and you can step in. Plug in. Come to church. You're obviously all here this morning. Come to church. You that are watching by live stream, come to church. Get plugged in. Connected to the joy. When we lay hands on people, get in the altar and have hands laid on you or stepping in the aisle, whatever, have hands laid. Plug in. Get connected to his joy. Get connected to his power. Let it flow. Let it increase in your life. It's constantly flowing. Constantly available for you and I. His joy. His joy is unchanging. If God's joy is perfect and it's infinitely unchanging, that means you and I can become partakers. We can tap in. His joy becomes my joy. His delight becomes my delight. His perfect happiness becomes my perfect happiness. Amen. Good preaching, Pastor. I'm going to you. Hallelujah. His joy becomes my joy. 
His joy becomes my delight. Hallelujah. I can become a partaker. I am a partaker. Everybody say, I am a partaker. I'm a partaker. I'm a partaker. Hallelujah. I'm going to partake right now. Excuse me. I'm, I'm going to partake. I'm going to partake. Yes, Lord. I need your joy, Lord. I need. Whoa, Jesus. I need more, Lord. Fill me up, Jesus. More, Lord. I want to partake. I, I want to partake. <laughs> I want to partake. <laughs> I want to partake of this joy. <laughs> Psalms 36. I want to partake. We're going to partake this morning. I'm just setting the table. We're partakers. Uh, uh, some, of you, some of you are drinking already. That's good. Keep drinking. I'm just, I'm just setting a feast for you. We're just going to... We're going to receive... This is going to be the happiest communion you've ever received. <laughs> Partakers. Our God is happy. Psalms 36, 8 through 9 says, They are abundantly satisfied. Why don't you say that? That's a powerful. Abundantly satisfied. Oh, y'all sound so good. They are abundantly satisfied with the fullness. (laughs) Fullness. Fullness. With the fullness, the fatness. Of your house. You drip fatness everywhere you go, God. He's dripping fatness. He's overflowing. Everybody say overflow. They are abundantly satisfied with the fullness of your house, and you give them drink from the river of your pleasures. For with you is the fountain of life, and in your light we see light. There is right now. I just, I, I, just, I just wish that maybe just somehow you can just get this. You can tune in to the reality of heaven. Right now, there is flowing from the throne of God. Always has been, always will be a river of pleasure. There is a river of delight that is flowing from God's throne. And the title of that river, the name of that river is the river of his pleasure. Yeah. Some of you are getting it slowly. There is a river that's flowing from the throne of God entitled name. You make them drink. You make us drink from the river of your pleasures. I am abundantly satisfied. I am overflowing. I am abundantly satisfied. I am overflowing. I am fully satiated. I am saturated in. The presence of the Lord. I am saturated in the pleasures of God. You bring me to the river. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You bring me. You bring me. You bring me, you lead me, you lead me, you bring me. Where does he bring you? Where does he lead you? Beside still waters. He brings you up, right up next. Brings you right up next to the waters of his pleasure and makes you drink 
from the pleasures, the river of his pleasures, the river of his delight. Delighting in him, drinking of his joy, drinking of his goodness, drinking, feasting on God, drinking of him. Overflowing, we have received of his fullness, of his fullness, of his fullness, of his fatness. We've received grace for grace. David goes on to write, in your light we see light. You don't need a flashlight when you're standing in the sun. Just like self cannot illuminate spiritual realities. You begin to step in. Step into the river of his pleasures. Begin to step into the river of his delight. And all of a sudden, he illuminates his goodness. He illuminates his, his pleasures, his delights for you. You see, this, you know, let me just, let me just go there. This, this joy thing, let's talk about the joy for a second. People are like, why do we laugh? This joy is just not a, a concept. This isn't just, a, you know, this isn't just words on a page that we read and we go home and say, oh, the joy of the Lord, bless the Lord. No, it's reality. Just like the scripture talks about salvation and redemption is a reality. So is his peace. So is his love. So is his goodness. So is his, his wisdom. All the aspects and the attributes of the goodness of God are absolute. They are real. They are tangible for you and I to partake of. Just like his joy. He is a happy God. I can partake of his happiness. The essence of God produces joy. God's essence. And scripture talks about he is light. 1 John 1.5 says, This is the message which we have heard from him, and we declare it to you that God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. His essence is light. His essence is love. 1 John 4.8 For God is love. His essence is love. Pouring out from God is this unsearchable, unending, immense light that we cannot see without spiritual eyes. His love is shed abroad in our heart. And as this love is shed abroad in our heart and our minds are illuminated with the light of God's truth, all of a sudden joy begins to bubble up on the inside of us. We begin to delight ourselves in Him. What does that look like? What does that mean? Everybody say revelation. That's what that means. When the reality of who God says He is, the light of truth, combined with the love of God being shed abroad in our heart, it's like sitting out in the sun on a bright sunny day. It's, it's sitting outside on a bright sunny day and the sun shines down and it's hitting you in your face and you're soaking up the rays of the sun and you're enjoying the sun, the beams, the radiance of the sun. It brings delight. It fills your heart with gladness. Even so, in spiritual realities, taking in the light of the truth of God brings delight in your soul. It brings joy in your inner man. Sitting and receiving, soaking in the love of the Father delights your heart, produces joy. People say, well, why do people laugh? Because they've been touched with the reality, a revelation of who God is, His immense, unending, His perfect happiness. He is perfectly happy in Himself. He is infinitely happy in Himself. He is unchangeably happy. The reality, the truth of God's Word penetrates our hearts, penetrates our minds. The love of God is shed abroad, and all of a sudden, the joy of the Lord becomes a reality in us. I've tasted, I've tasted of something real. 
1 Peter 1, 8, second, yeah, 1 Peter 1, 8 says, And though you have not seen him, you love him, and though you do not see him now, but believe in him, you greatly with jo- rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and full of glory. How, in the middle of persecution, could Peter write when Nero is burning Christians alive, when he's impaling them for his garden parties? How could you write this? Uh, Peter, how could you say those words that you will rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and full of glory? Because the essence of who God is, His love and His light has penetrated my soul. And my mind has been illuminated to the reality, the truth of God's word and joy. Joy, unending joy, perfect joy, infinite joy, unchanging joy floods my soul. And then God blesses me. He he is blessed. He is happy. And he gives me, he shares with me his happiness. Natural man, talking about us, natural man will offer good to someone to receive something in return. We, We will give something to someone hoping that we get something in return. Or out of fear, we'll be good in hopes that a person won't retaliate against us. But with God, it's not so. Even in God's covenant with man, he operates as one who is happy and desires to freely give. Not because he's under an obligation to act, but because it is his delight to act. It is his delight to give. When he made that covenant with Abraham, he did it because it was his delight to give. He didn't need Abraham. God didn't need you, but he, out of his delight, created you. Out of his delight, he redeemed you. Out of his joy, out of his delight, he has sanctified you. He is working and, 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 and transforming you, sanctifying you. It's his delight to do so. It's his delight to bless you. It's his delight to overflow in your life. You didn't earn it. You didn't deserve it. Romans 11 tells us that. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has become his counselor? Or who who has first given to him that it might be... Who's given? Who's given to him that it might be paid back to him again? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever and ever. He has shared his joy with us. And the greatest delight is us sharing that joy with others. My greatest delight in this life, I have received of his joy. I have received, I have been, I am a partaker. I am a, I am a personal partaker. I have a VIP pass. I can, I can walk in and receive, I can plug in and receive the joy of the Lord. I'm a partaker. Free access. And the greatest delight is to share that joy. I, I, yeah, I, I thank God for his joy and the experience of his, of his joy that I've had. But the greatest delight is when that joy is shared. The greatest delight is when I see other people receive that joy and delight themselves in the Lord. Evangelism exists because delighting in God does not. Enjoyment of God does not. And so thus, it is my joy to share my delight with others. It is my joy to share my delight in God with others.
If you don't have joy in the Lord, it's kind of hard to share that, right? What we share is works. What we share is you got to go to church so many times a week. You got to read your Bible so many hours a day. You got to do this, this, and this, and this, and this. That's what we share. But when we delight ourselves in the Lord, it's no longer about our works, no longer about what we do or how good we look or how ugly we are. We're delighting. I'm delighting. He's my joy. And I'm going to share it. He's, he, he's my joy. He's my joy. Is he your joy today? Are you partaking of his joy? Are you partaking of his joy? Lift your hands with me. Jesus. Jesus. Filled with the joy of the Lord. Filled with the joy of the Lord. Our God is a happy God. Happy God. He is a happy God. Infinitely unchanging. Perfect. Infinite. Eternal. Unchanging. Happy God. Ruling. Over your life with joy. Timothy, the only blessed potentate. <laughs> Timothy, he's coming back, the only blessed potentate. Timothy, remember, he's coming, the only blessed potentate. The only happy, 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 the only happy sovereign king. The only happy only happy, extremely happy, the only joyful, sovereign king. He's coming. Consider, 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 consider his confession. Consider his confession before Pontius Pilate. For this, for this cause I've come. Now I'm happy. Now I can experience that happiness. Everybody say joy. Joy. No. Joy. Joy. Getting there. Joy. Joy. He's a happy God. Happy. If you're bound by depression, you can be happy. Bound by fear, you can be happy. You can find your joy in the Lord. His joy is your strength. I said his joy is your strength. I said his joy is your strength. 
The joy of God, the joy that He possesses, the joy of who He is, is your strength. His joy. His joy. His joy. 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 His joy. His joy. The only blessed potentate. The only blessed potentate. The only blessed potentate. Thank you for joining the Celebration Podcast. For more information, visit ccacron.org or call us at 330-762-7458. You can also download the Celebration app from iTunes or the Android store. With my father, it's so hard.